Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. And guess what we have for you? It's another Encore show here on The Advertising Show, being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show, a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production, and a great interview that we had with Simon Thornycroft a few years ago. Simon shares thought-provoking options about packaging and new product design. A great interview. Enjoy. Simon is an international branding and strategic design expert slash visionary, one of the most knowledgeable design strategist and corporate identity experts in the U.S. and Europe. As founder of Perspective Branding, he has a, a keen understanding of many critical, often controversial issues relating to commercial art, packaging, environmental design, and retail appeal. We might even ask him about the mirrors. Having been the youngest creative director for Lander Associates, one of the world's leading strategic brand consulting and design firms, as well as a corporate background stateside at Morningstar Farms and Dean Foods, Simon has firsthand experience in one of the strongest and resilient industries that create household names. Fifteen years of experience, he directs a talented group of forward-thinking designers and brand strategists as the chief creative officer for Perspective Branding. As we told you before, that is at PerspectiveBranding.com. That is, by the way, one of the California Bay Area's most underrated and independent strategic design consultancies. His design work has garnered multiple awards, including the 08, uh, uh, let's see, what you know, the Silver Pet Award for Packaging Design for the work on uh, Doritos Quest, as well as Graphic Design USA's American Package Design Award for both Doritos and Plio. And uh, basically, there's, there's more, but as I said before, we're out of time. Good thing is we've got a few segments to talk with Simon here at the Advertising Show. It's being brought to you by uh, Advertising Age, as we said, and also one of our partners, Shipple. Uh, Shipple.com is an incredibly uh, powerful uh, marketing platform, web-based marketing platform. It uses a thing called Tenancy. they got a whole bunch of other stuff on the website, too, that you wouldn't believe. Killer stuff. And it works. Believe me. Uh, it's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. And this gang do a great job here for the Advertising Show. We say thanks, Ed. We'll be back with Ray and Brad and Simon here in just a moment on the Advertising Show. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Nobody can call George Whipple an old fuddy-duddy. This new sign is right up with the times. Maybe this will stop the ladies from squeezing charm and bathroom tissue. His bio says it, it must be true, and and indeed I believe it is too. Perspectivebranding.com is the website. Simon Thornycroft, one of the most knowledgeable design strategists and corporate identity experts in the U.S. and Europe, and we are pleased to have you here at the Advertising Show. Simon, welcome to the Ad Show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, first off, Simon, uh, Ray gave us a little background on you. Why don't we give us some background on perspective branding? What are your services? Who are a few of your more high-profile High profile clients and just a little bit of the run of the mill things that are going on at your shop. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, we, uh, we started Perspective Branding really uh, five years ago now. So, um, as you said, I worked for Landor and was very fortunate to work there, but uh, kind of really wanted to do something a little smaller, a bit, a bit back to grassroots and um, doing what I do you know, best, which is rolling up sleeves, getting in there with the clients, and uh, wrestling through these, these problems uh, on, on, on a one to one basis. And, 
we've been very lucky that uh, you know uh, one of our large clients, PepsiCo, um, have, have followed some of their business over to us, and so you know they remain um, a client. You know, I personally have worked with them now since 1994. So um, all around the world, and, and we support most of their packaging in snacks in something like 26 countries now. So, um, you know, for us, it's really about, um, I, I think there's a challenge as you, as you work in larger organizations, no slight to any of them, but um, it becomes more complicated to, um, to just do things in a simpler way because there, there's organization and process that must be put in place um, around, around a large organization. But for us, it means... We know we're making decisions. We can do things the way we want to do it, and for us, that ma- that means manifesting it itself in how our studio operates and the kind of people that work here, and and the kind of curious characters that we like to employ, all the way to how we treat our customers on a more personal level and um, and the work we do for them. So, you know, it, it's the environment that, w- that we live in, the people that we work with, and we spend far too much time probably with each other. But, um, but also kind of the way that we treat our clients and, and the fun that we like to have doing to the work we do. So how much would you uh, say your work is in package design versus product design versus uh, brand design? I think it's hard to separate brand versus packaging. Um, if you, in terms of a traditional corporate identity logo design, I'd say is, um, is not the, the, the single most greatest thing that we do. Um, packaging and CPG work is, is probably 90% of what we do, 80-90% of what we do. But within each of those, you've got to remember that whether you're, um, we're lucky enough to touch a brand like Lay's or Walkers in the UK or Doritos, these are multi-billion dollar brands. So even when you touch the brand identity or logo in those, you're still talking about rather large, um, very important pieces of communication for those brands. So, uh, you know, I think it's important. We believe that there's really no difference in how you attack a corporate identity project that's for an airline or all that is for a bag of chips. Um, the same effort require, requires going in, the same desire for um, a memorable, brilliant idea at the heart and soul of that brand is still critical. How it plays out and um, the rules about, that you might use to engage people with that brand might be different, but um, the approach from a creative point of view is exactly the same. Yeah, I think most of us think of uh, CPG category when we think of package uh, design. So I'm curious, Simon, why do you think industries outside of package goods are turning to design teams for help these days? I think it's a, you know, I think it's just that continued fresh thinking that's just outside of a given category. So I think it's interesting that this sort of renewal of borrowing from one category and put into another, and um, there's something very um, tangible about packaging and packaged goods that, that keeps stuff very real and very gritty. There's nothing better than seeing your work, in a sense, on the street before you quickly put it in the trash can. But um, I think there's a reality there. It's, it's fast-moving. It's changing all the time. It's very real. It's, it's understanding the every man. And I think bringing that perspective back into um, perhaps more corporate industry um, can be very refreshing. Um, and just having that outside expert, you know, Perhaps more willing to give a candid point of view, without the um, the, the the internal um, pressures that one might be facing when, when you need to deal with an, an issue. So, do you think the uh, trend, this trend of of uh, those reaching outside of their own area of expertise and looking to uh, design teams for help, is a, a sustainable trend going forward, or is this just something that's been? Uh, 
come about, I guess, maybe through less uh, opportunistic times with the economic downturn. I think it might be a little bit of the economy playing to this, but I think we're at a point in history where, for the first time, you've got a generation of people that grew up, that have been well-trained, who have started perhaps organizations like ourselves that are smaller, a bit more nimble, um, but have been trained and worked with over enough years um, with very smart, very bright people, but can offer very, um, very reasonable rates for very big thinking. And, and to, to a great degree, I, I think technology has allowed us to do that. It probably would have taken um, 20 or 30 years to learn the craft to be able to offer the services we do now at, at, within a much faster time frame. So I think you've got brilliant people out there that uh, are extremely bright and have a great deal of experience that can offer that, that perhaps would have had to wait till they have 50 or more before to really offer that advice. So I, I think it will continue, yeah. I think there's a, there's a role for the genius of the big company, and, um, you know, we can't, uh, we, we mustn't forget that. No, I, I'm certainly not um, in any sense um, pursuing their party. I think we need those guys because, you know, they have the infrastructure to be really driving um, the bigger, broader, you know, strategic insights and stuff forward and the great work that they do. But I think there's equally a role for the sort of nimble, fresh, innovative thinking, that, the sort of challenging thinking that smaller agencies can bring too. So I hope it continues. I think it will. I think it, it's just how we can relate to each other and work together, um, you know, for the greater good of the industry. Well, you know, you mentioned uh, everyday man, and I'm going to save uh, save every man's uh, every man's identity, I guess I should say. You uh, something you guys coined at your company, and I'm going to save that for next segment. As we wrap up this segment, just let me get you to weigh in on the a question that's really hit me between the eyes when I first realized we were going to be talking to you today. Design seems to be most associated, I think, with the rebranding of a product or company. Yet, uh, I'm curious, what impact can the addition of design have when relaunching or rebranding a product? Well, I think it's an interesting question. I think it's critical. I mean, it's at the heart of it. I mean, you know, when you're, when you're relaunching or rebranding anything, the, the image that you, um, that you want to convey, what you want to tell consumers about your brand that you didn't get to say in the focus group or you wish you were there at, a, at point of purchase, point of sale, or, or whatever that is, um, has to come through visually, um, you know, in our world, in, in design or communication. And so how you say that is such a delicate, um, you've got such a short, delicate time to build a relationship with any, with any customer or consumer. Um, I think it's at the heart and soul of what you're doing. And, you know, combine that with some brilliant advertising and, you, you know, you're off, to, you're off to the races. Kind of like a fine uh, dance routine, something like that, all working together to a couple or something. It's uh, Simon uh, Thornycroft, our very special guest out of uh, California this weekend, international branding and strategic design expert, visionary. Uh, PerspectiveBranding.com is the website, which we'll talk uh, more about as well. In just a minute, we'll continue our conversation here with Ray and Brad on the Advertising Show. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. See the USA in your Chevrolet. America is asking you to call. Drive your Chevrolet through the USA. Out of California, our special guest America's this weekend is international branding and strategic design expert and visionary, 
Simon Thornycroft here with Ray and Brad on the Advertising Show. Simon, it is a sincere pleasure to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, your firm created this idea call, that you guys call Every Man's Identity. For our listeners that may not be familiar with it, describe it for us, please, if you would, Simon. I think, you know, it's interesting that you look at the books that are written on the shelf, you look at the stuff that litters design sites, and, it, you know, I'd say 90-odd percent of it is these overly lavish chocolate box, um, beautiful wine label stuff. And, uh, you know, I think it's lovely. Uh, I have a lot of admiration for the people who have the the craft to, to do that beautiful stuff. But there's something really lovely about the Everyman brand, the, the you know, the, the Cloroxes of the world, the, the Lay's potato chips, the, the Pepsis. And, and f- you know, for us uh, and for me personally, I just think there's something great about working on these brands that we interact with every day that end up in your cupboard every single day that, that we find in the, in the trash cans on the street um, and on the billboards and the T-shirts people wear. And I, I think that's it's something about being really close to the people, and uh, I love to go to those focus groups and hear real people talking about real things, not um, you know crazy dreams on golf courses of, of various CEOs talking to one another. So you know, not it, I say it, that's nice stuff, and I have a lot of admiration for it. But I love getting in there, um, kind of with the you know the meat and two veg, the, the Jamie Oliver style uh, approach to packaging. Hmm. Any current examples of how a brand is betting on this every man's interest as you describe it? I think we've seen that. I mean, certainly as the economy um, has um, done its thing uh, over the last 18 months, I think we've continued to see people um, retrenching a little bit um, where people have stepped too far out that that perhaps hasn't worked as well as desired. And there's sort of a little bit of conservatism um, that's come back. You know, we were very fortunate to work with the Quaker US team. Um, and if you look at what we did there was put the Quaker brand front and center back on the package. You know, Quaker is such a loved and such an important American brand here um, that why wouldn't we be proud about that fantastic brand and putting it front and center on the pack? And so I think there's that retrench to, you know, friends and family, things that are truly important to us. And so um, getting back to to brands that I know, that I trust, um, and, and it's important that those brands continue to communicate the things that remain true about that brand and um, because that, that's what I'm looking for, some reassurance in, in a crazy, crazy, crazy world that we live in today with so much choice. Um, so I think there, there has been a movement back to that. Well, that's an interesting setup for my next question, a so-called retro vintage design idea that I've been reading about. There's an article I came across recently entitled Complex Times Demand Simpler Packaging and the author Simon suggests that the current economic climate, along with an overcrowded marketplace, has pushed many brands to become more simplistic in package design. I want to get your thoughts on the idea that less can actually be more when it comes to package design. Well, I think, I think there's truth in that. I also think there, there's, there's myth uh, in that. I think retro is a really dangerous word because I think it, it, imp- it these days implies a certain time and, and to, to degree a certain style. But I, I think there's certainly... Um, complete uh, agreement here that what's important is that you get back to the heart and soul of what your brand promises. And so if that's a single message, then great. And that might be a more complex message. So I don't think it's about number of things that you're talking about, but it's about the purity of that and not cluttering that up with wasteful information um, and just letting people be reassured that the things that they know and they love about your brand are still true and therefore worth paying more for 
or indeed I'd forgotten and maybe lapsed in my interaction with your brand and so now you've reminded me again of the things that I know and used to love about your brand or, or, or that others in my family um, bought. But, it, you know, I think simple implies that sort of stripped, I want to be Apple and Method style design, sort of European design. And I think there's a danger of just falling into that trap of making stuff look simple and flat um, and, and forgetting that it's really about the message that's being conveyed, the simple, iconic idea, the memorability of an idea of what that brand's really about. I think the retro concept is very interesting as well because it certainly means uh, something different to me uh, than it does to Brad, than it does to yourself as well. It's really hard to de- uh, hard term to define as well. I, uh, you know, it, it, it sort of implies going backwards, and I don't I don't think any of us really are about going backwards. I think we're about reinventing good, honest, wholesome values and move them forward in a new way. I don't. I don't think any of us really want it to be like it used to be. Yeah. I think we just wish it was some of that goodness was reinvented today. Maybe retro is more about the appropriate touch points and such. But uh, it's Rain Brad here and uh, Simon Thornycroft, our special guest out of California here at the Advertising Show. Back in just a minute with more. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. It's a real thing In the back of your mind What you're hoping to find It's a real thing One more segment to spend with our friend from California, Simon Thornycroft, international branding and strategic design expert and visionary perspective, not prospective, but perspective. Branding.com is the website, and we invite you to uh, check it out. Simon, thanks for being part of the show today. My pleasure. Yeah, uh, Simon, returning for a moment to relaunching and rebranding a product, I think you know most of us think when it comes to redesigning a product or even a package for that matter, we, we think of a fairly expensive undertaking, yet I know uh, your company, and you can see this, by the way, at their website at perspectivebranding.com. Your, your site uh, has information about how you guys operate and suggests that maybe on more modest budgets you can achieve the same impact as those with deeper pockets. Share with us how we might uh, think in terms of, of a redesign of a package on a reasonable budget. Um, I mean, I think the important, I mean, for us, an important thing is that, you know, we don't operate under a, a fixed process. So, it's really about um, sitting down and, and meeting a, a new client or, or even existing clients and trying to chat through and understanding what the problem is and then creating a process that um, will work for them within, within a given budget. So um, now there, there's certain things that you might, uh, that you, you can't extract, otherwise we can't guarantee you're going to get to a great um, solution at the end of that. So for us, a, a critical starting piece is just to um, kind of, uh, you know, understand where the marketplace is today, listen as best we can to, um, to understand the client's business. And then for us, it all really starts with a really simple, really big idea, because that's the thing for us that will, could spark um, uh, marketing ideas in other areas. That could be advertising, that could be print, that could be uh, web. Um, but for us, unless you've got that hook, that idea, that single driving thought behind the brand, it really doesn't matter at that point. So I think for us, that's really critical that we start there now, after that, you know, how many rounds of testing, um, how much refinement, um, all just becomes a degree of how complex the problem is 
um, whether it's a complete rethink of the brand and relaunch because of change of image, or whether that's um, just a refreshment of where they are today and a, a, a reconfirmation of why that brand is so brilliant. Um, so I think the rest of it, it starts to flow through according to, to timing, budget, market needs, uh, and, and requirements of the, the brief itself. But unless, unless you know, we start, we believe, we start that big idea process of really coming down with a simple, memorable, iconic idea um, that we can scribble down, we'll pass a sketch test if I throw you some crayons um, and a napkin, then, then the rest of it will just start to fall apart after anyway. Simon, you've been quoted as saying companies can't rely solely on art to sell products today, yet, you know, who doesn't want to be the next Apple? So, uh, curious, tell us why art doesn't necessarily translate to revenue these days. I just think, again, it comes back down to what is that message. You know, pretty design in an artistic sense is, is lovely, and, um, you know, I, I think you want to hang it on a wall sometimes, but I, don't, I just don't believe that that's really helping me to under you know not that it can't but i think for the for the most part it doesn't really help me understand why i want to engage with this brand it's you know this is a commercial um business and we need to be communicating very quickly um the heart and soul of what the promise of this product brand or service is and um it, that can sometimes be clouded by beauty now if you're in a segment like apple then if you control your retail environment and you've got incredibly well designed products uh, and you've created a fantastic aspirational brand around that, then you're in a very different position than if you are um, designing a new toilet paper or um, a new bottle of soda. So, you know, I, I think you have to sort of take all the things to the count, but um, pretty pictures don't cut it. Um, hang them on your wall. This is a commercial industry. We, we better be selling um, a critical message to the consumers through design. Unfortunately, we are uh, so out of time. It, it goes so quickly. You've been a great guest here. We uh, wish you the very best as you uh, continue to build the uh, PerspectiveBranding.com uh, business as well, Simon. It's been a pleasure having you here. Thanks for having me. On the advertising. Hey, thanks for joining us for this encore presentation of The Advertising Show, being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production, and we will talk to you again soon. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com.